this is Your Friendly Reminder Podcast. My name is Gus, and this is your friendly reminder of what's going on in our lives, in your lives, and everything in between. Thank you for joining us. Hello, thank you for joining us. This is the Friendly Reminder Podcast, our very first episode. Today is July the 2nd. My name is Gus, and I'm going to be your host for the evening, today, and hopefully for the foreseeable future. I do have, though, two of my dear friends that I want to introduce to you right now. Very dear to my heart. Daniel, how are you today? Good. Thanks for having me, Gus. How are you? I'm good. You know, it's been a week, uh, a lot to take in. And- <laughs> As always, and that's putting it lightly, but yeah, so we'll, we'll get into the what kind of week it's, it's been, but yes, yeah, yeah, uh, I'm sure we're going to cover a lot of ground today. Uh, but before we do, I do need to introduce our other very dear member of this podcast, Sam. How are you today? Uh, you know, uh, up and down, mm-hmm. yeah, all that's, the way around. That's like honestly COVID, up and right? down is. <laughs> No, COVID is just up and up. I think it's, yeah, there's no yeah. down to that. It's just the straight trajectory. We'll talk about um, a little bit about that. But, uh, you know, before I get started with our topics, I do just want to address the fact that this is our very first episode. Uh, anybody listening today, do, do want to thank you so much for taking the time to, to uh, bring us into your lives. Um, and I want to talk a little bit about what we want this podcast to be in the future, what we want to discuss here and just set the right expectations. But, you know, before I even get to that, I think it's important to address the elephant in the room, um, the pathogen in the room. <laughs> the hopefully, very hopefully tiny room. elephant. Yeah, hopefully not this room. But, you know, this podcast was ushered into the world uh, amidst... Uh, the middle of the age of the coronavirus, uh, the novel coronavirus. Um, it feels like we're in the middle of it. We really don't know. We might be at the beginning. I've been hoping we're we're towards the end of it, but it doesn't look that way. Uh, but it's, you know, for posterity's sake, at least, it's important for me to mention that right now, because regardless of what we want to talk about, politics, um, movies, video games, current events, music. Uh, I don't believe there's an industry or there's really a topic that this virus has not touched. Um, So for the foreseeable future, when we bring something up, it's very likely that we're going to mention this virus. And it's very likely that we're going to talk about how it's affected uh, our lives and affected the things we love. And it's just something that I want to bring up now because this is going to be the case, it looks like, at least for the next couple of months. And it's it's changed our lives. And it, in fact, it might, one might say it probably even inspired me to, to want to start doing this. So it's impossible to get away or from it, and we might as well just address it now. But beyond that, you know, I do want this podcast to be diverse. I want us to cover a wide variety of, of topics. Uh, I, don't, I don't think any of us are are to be boxed into a corner. And I think this podcast is going to reflect that. And I really just hope for anybody listening to this really enjoys our perspective, uh, our takes on things going on. Some, some of them are gonna be very depressing and very serious. 
Some of them I think are going to be very funny and very, very uh, entertaining. And I really just hope you, you all listening today enjoy what we bring to the table. But enough about me. Uh, Daniel, what, 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 what are your hopes and aspirations for this podcast that we're embarking on today? Well, um, Gus, you and I have talked about starting a podcast for a long time, but we have never sort of put the, uh, the sort of, sort of followed through with it. And I think that, uh, I, I guess maybe I should just speak for myself because I don't want to characterize your, your, uh, sort of state of mind, but, uh, about four years ago, uh, my brain sort of started to leak out of my head uh, when this uh, country decided to go down this course of uh, electing uh, just just a, a madman, uh, a charlatan, a white supremacist to the White House. Um, so in that time, I've I think uh, you know become much more vocal about my beliefs, or at least maybe more strident in my beliefs and i think that part of that comes with that is sometimes you you get into uh, you know you, you annoy people <laughs> because you're you're uh, expressing your beliefs and and sometimes it, it, you know so this is kind of a way for me to 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 put my beliefs in a place where they can hopefully be only exposed to the people who want to be exposed to them as opposed to <laughs> involuntary you know involuntarily Exposing uh, my friends and family. Involuntary <laughs> exposing innocent people. Exactly, exactly. My my uh, diseased thoughts. It's for you, the <laughs> listener, and and not for my loved ones who I will keep safe. <laughs> <laughs> you heard that, listeners? You are not one of his loved ones. But you yes, I think you have to earn you know, my love. You you touched on a good point. I think we all have a lot of cooped up thoughts, and we're going to share them. And maybe that's just a little bit of a. Um, not I don't want to say warning, but just a disclaimer to people. We're going to be vocal. We're going to say what we feel. Um, this is not going to be an objective podcast. We're not going to call it straight down the middle. We're not going to discuss both sides here. We have our sides. We're subjective. We're going to express our feelings. We're going to express it as comprehensively as we can, but we're also human and we may miss something and it's okay to get feedback, but I just want to make sure everybody listening understands that we're going to say what we feel and we're not going to really be shy, shy about it. So that's just something I want to mention. And I'm glad you brought that up, Daniel. Uh, but with that said, Sam, uh, I want you to jump into what, what are your hopes uh, as we, we start this podcast together? Well, first off with everything going on, it feels like the never ending story. Like nothing seems to get better. You know, everything seems to get worse. So maybe I just want a little lightheartedness or more lightheartedness in my life than I've been getting recently. Bring a little light into the world. Yeah. We are our, our friendship. You've Reminding the right people. Place. Almost and a friendly reminder of sorts. Yeah. You know, a reminder of friends. Yeah. Um, I don't really, I don't know. I mean, as far as like just wanting to uh, express myself and just have some fun, I don't, I just want to, you know, have fun and hang out with you guys. Maybe Sam. we talk about some cool things and, you know, maybe we discuss important issues, but to me, it's just hanging out with you guys. So, like Sam. we've done in the past. So, 
Are right. you saying are you saying that the true podcasts are the friends we made along the way? <laughs> I think he is saying that. Yeah. Very deep. Until until the endorsement deal, then the true podcast is the endorsement deal. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're, then, we're then I'm the host that. and I'm gonna recast all of you and <laughs> yes. I'm just waiting for the for it's the Fox new logo. I, like, did Who, who's gonna be the new Daniel and who's gonna be the new Sam? <laughs> no, I don't know. What's a good we'll actor? Figure out. We'll figure that along the way. Ethan Hunt. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys. I really appreciate the input, and I think we're going to have a lot of fun uh, doing this together. Um, but, you know, I do want to get into a little bit more of serious topics. And let's start by just covering the news at large just very quickly. COVID-19 is still a threat. Um, states of Quite a few states in the in in the South, especially, have been reporting a surge in cases. Um, this does not seem, as I mentioned earlier in this podcast, something that's going to go away anytime soon. Uh, I think definitely. Florida had ten thousand new cases, like insane numbers. Insane. Yes, Florida, I think ten thousand. I don't know what Texas reported, like eight over eight thousand today. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's been about like ninth or tenth day straight of these uh, states reporting record-breaking cases. Uh, the United I States. heard that like the biggest uh, medical center in Houston is like a ninety-seven capacity. And yeah, they're the largest they're... in the world. I think they actually stopped reporting their capacity after after a while, but yeah, they're they're the medical centers are are filled up right now, and it's uh, and the governor just today, Governor Abbott said now it's you're required to wear masks masks in public, and and he restricted large gatherings, maybe like a month and a half too <laughs> too late, man. Like yeah, yeah, he should have already done like, this. It's like it, that's the problem with this the. <sighs> It's like if you listen to the scientists, what they're telling you is you can't stop this after it already starts. You've got to stop it ahead of time or else where you are now is going to determine where you're going to be in two weeks. So it's like you're still going to see even after people start, if, you know, we'll get into the culture war issues, I'm sure. But even if people start following the, you know, the safety protocols, it's still going to surge for at least the next two weeks. Very frustrating. Yes, um, the I mean, way... deaths are a lagging indicator. Regardless of what we do now, those deaths sadly are probably going to happen, and they're going to happen in high numbers. Um, and really, we should have been taking these precautions months ago. We didn't. Uh, we we took them for a while, uh, and we stopped. Uh, we we let our we foot got off. Bored of it. Yeah, we we got we got um, frustrated, and we just wanted our quote unquote freedom back, which just means we didn't want to sacrifice anymore. Uh, so we're here. Breathe the free air again. Yeah. <laughs> so we're here, um, and sadly, uh, and uh, again, it, it doesn't look like it's going to go anytime soon. Go away anytime soon. And the reason I'm bringing this up, um, not just because it's horrible and, and it's a big to, part of our lives, but to make a, a sad, to make a yeah, sad it's to make you all sad and depressed yeah. and then just. Yeah hate hate the the world at large but but really it's you know we're in july we're four months away from the general election um the general election is early november and at this point it doesn't look like we're even gonna get through the first wave um in a in a very comfortable way and we do have the fall coming up and there is that kind of proverbial second wave coming 
and it's going to be mixed perhaps with influenza is the fear um, going on. And all of this is just all coming together into what seems to be one of the most important elections of our lifetime, uh, a referendum on Donald Trump. But during all of this, we're going to have a mix of this very serious, very scary pandemic possibly still going on while we go to the voting booth. And at the same time, especially in Southern states, once again, what seems to be seems to be a very conscious effort to suppress the vote. And actually, suppress- can, I, can I object that, that you said seems to be because I don't even that I, it's it is they are yeah. they don't want people to vote they're just like they don't even want like conservatives to vote you know. they don't want anybody to vote they would rather we just stay home because then they do better because they know who's going to turn out to vote and they know where the suppression happens it's it's in minority neighborhoods it's college students it's it's poor people that's where the suppression happens i don't i don't I, i'm gus i don't mean to 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 pick on what to pick on what you were saying, but uh, I I just I just I don't like to kowtow. I think this is very they're very obviously just making sure people can't vote. Um, and no, I don't, even I, like don't that. I don't Damn. disagree. Uh, you know, I'm I'm using very kind language. I probably shouldn't. This is a, an effort to suppress the vote. You're you're correct. This is an effort to to make sure that certain kinds of people stay home uh, because they know that they have, uh, uh, they, I should say, are the Republicans. They know that they haven't made an effort to try to gain the Latino vote, try to get the black vote, try to get the young vote. Uh, They know that if these demographics vote in in mass, they're gonna vote Democrat and they're going to vote (laughs) for Joe Biden. And so they're, their solution is to simply stop the vote. Exactly. And it's, it's, it's always going to come under the, um, the idea that they're the ones worried about voter fraud. Right. Yeah. We have to be careful. I, uh, I actually read this article while they're researching this topic about um, uh, I read an article about NPR that Republic, where state Republican officials in southern states, want to actually expand absentee and mail-in ballot voting during the pandemic, despite Trump is specifically saying, "No, we're not doing yeah. mail-in balloting," which is insane to me. Like, yes, yeah, for Republicans who Re- Republican state officials, I'm not going to say every single Republican. Oh no, no, no. That, that, yeah, I'm sure there's some that are just like, no one votes ever, not ever. But that it's just like it's a weird feeling. It's like it's not even just oh, the shit. So I so I was uh, re- a recent Supreme Court decision. It was a very quick decision where they they cut down the God. What state was it? What a state's effort to uh, postpone their election because of COVID. Wisconsin, right? Yes, I think that was it. Wisconsin, like the governor tried to do it, or the legislature. Someone very obviously with the authority to do it decided to do it. And the Supreme Court was like, no, you can't do that. 
Why? Because you can't. The rule is you can't uh, change. The Supreme Court or the Federal Supreme Court. The Federal Supreme Court did it. Yep. Wow. Yep. Really? And yep, yep. And they said you can't delay because, uh, and the reason was because, you know, changing rules too close to an election will confuse people. Uh, so we don't do it un except under exceptional circumstances. And and I'm like, it, it. There seems to be a part of that sentence where it says exceptional circumstances. <laughs> so it's like. <laughs> Do, yeah, this is not an exceptional circumstance and what is exactly it, it, it's absurd what else could possibly be and it's, it's a disease that when you crowd together it, it spreads and it kills people there are no other exceptional circumstances yeah this it, it, is it, the one if you're gonna think yeah. if you're gonna jot down a, an exceptional circumstance this is like the one thing like this or like I don't know, uh, uh, a, a nation is bombing a city. I think those are the only, there's like a firebombing going on. Those are yes, really like, the only two. Like, like literal war. Or mutually assured destruction. Yes, or like a natural disaster US. or some shit. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's either war or it's a, it's a pandemic. And this was a pandemic and they're like, eh, you know, this let's save it for the other. I, oh, that's what I mean. They're, they're, this isn't serious. You cannot, you cannot uh intellectualize this you can't say well yeah but they're you know they're being no they just want to make it hard <laughs> i read shit. this quote uh from democratic strategist ed eddie vale the republican national committee spent decades under a consent decree for their work suppressing minority voters and now that it's been lifted Trump and the, and the republicans are openly bragging about being able to go back to work keeping people from voting yeah it's not, it's not a, uh, there's no, there's no mystery about it. And it's, it's, I mean, it's hard, it's hard to have a conversation with a Republican about this because then they're like, well, no, I and mean, what about voter fraud? And it's like, I mean, the, the instances of voter fraud are so few and far between that, that especially for mailing, mail-in voting, the mail-in voting thing is driving me crazy. This, this idea that if you expand mail-in voting, making it easier for disabled people, sick people, people with COVID, people who think they have COVID and need to, it, it's unconscionable that they're not, they're, they're fighting the expansion of mail-in voting. They, they know exactly what they're doing. It's not even, it, it's not a, yeah. They know they know exactly what they're doing, and I and you know I used to think their constituents just believe them, but nobody's that stupid. The constituents know what this is too. This is pure power, pure power. They want power. That's it. They want to make sure that the people who will not vote for them won't vote. Um, yeah. Sorry to go off on a rant there. <laughs> I think that's well said, and in fact, it brings me to what I basically wanted to cover. Uh, especially in regards to this voter suppression going on. What, what are you guys, how should I word this? What are you anticipating will, will happen in election night? And what measures have you guys been thinking about as to how you are going to make sure you vote? Um, because for instance, like I've, I've been early voting for since 2008, probably. And that's, that's worked out well for me. Uh, I was, Lucky enough that during the primary, I was able to cast my vote very relatively easily, um, and I'm hoping that's the same for for the general election. However, uh, you know that's not the case to for everybody. Then there's some states that just simply don't offer an adequate early voting uh, solution, and there's a lot of people that 
during election day, they, they, they have to work. And I know that legally speaking, the employer is supposed to let people uh, go vote. But let's let's be honest. There's a lot of employers that don't really abide by that law. And it's or, not just that, though. It's like sometimes people can't afford to go leave work and vote. Yeah, I believe they don't have to pay you for that. Day. Yeah, they don't have to pay you, and they can't afford it. That's that's true. Also, uh, either way, it's it's. Considering what's going on right now in these primaries, considering the uh, very conscious effort by the Republican Party or Republican officials to to suppress the vote in this manner, what do you guys? How do you guys think election night is going to go down? Um, not not just in the sense of who's going to win. Like I, this isn't a predictions episode. This isn't. We're not going to try to break down the electoral college. But you know, I'm I'm very concerned about election night. I'm very concerned. Uh, not just who's going to win, but how we're going to determine that winner. And in fact, even if we do get a winner, that's not Donald Trump. That's Joe Biden. See, that's what scares me right there, because Trump is already talking about if he loses, it it will be like it'll be fraudulent. And Trump supporters, a lot of them have weapons and serious weapons. Like, Gus, let me... uh pitch a prediction i don't know if this is going to happen but it sounds very plausible to me um republicans are going to aggressively make it difficult to vote they always have they always will they're going to make it difficult to vote and they're going to use COVID as an excuse saying they cannot find enough this is what they did the last few elections too this is a new thing we've had a few elections we know exactly they're going to do they're going to say we don't have the workers to run these we don't have the workers so we got to use fewer machines and we're going to get longer lines and you know what's going to happen is is there's going to be people probably camped out overnight to vote in this country and you're going to and you're going to have images of huge lines often in poor and minority neighborhoods of people you know sitting in lawn chairs with with protective gear on trying to vote in in this insane country that makes it just fuck to exercise their their rights that that, that's what i think is going to happen and it's going to be a huge credibility crisis to the united states and justifiably so because that that is not a democracy (laughs) that is not that's not preserving anybody's right to vote in any meaningful sense if this country isn't a democracy well i know i know it's not a democracy but all i'm saying is that that's clearly not any semblance of an actual right to vote when you have to No, you're right. That. That, that, that is my that, that's my prediction of what's going to happen. Is it, that's definitely so, not the worst case scenario. I don't think it's the best case scenario, but I think that that is kind of likely what's going to happen. I think it's going to be bad. It's going to be bad. Um, I mean, and and I think it's going to. And I think you mentioned before the show. You think it's going to last a while because there's going to be recounts. There's going to be issues, and I, I absolutely think that. I think it's going to be widespread issues. Um, that's what you're good. There's uh, I, I was looking on websites about how hard it is to like have fraudulent voting, and one of the websites that I looked at said like 10 myths about fraudulent voting. And one of the myths was like pretty astounding to me. It said, Did you know that there is a myth that if the election takes too long to call, some people believe that it is outright a fraudulent election? If you guys, if which I think it's going to happen, it's going to be a long, I mean, we might not even know for a couple of days. If people, if people really believe that something's going wrong because of this, like, it's just, 
it's just going to be one thing after another. And that's what it felt like for this whole year, basically. But yeah, I mean, and let's be clear: you see these, Im- you've seen these images even before COVID. You saw massive, unconscionable lines for people to exercise. I mean, even back in like two thousand. Yeah, this COVID is going to skyrocket it because it's just going to make everything more complicated. It's going to give Republicans another excuse to shut down polling places because, oh, we don't have the people to to run it because, hey, guess why we don't have the people to run it? Because you're insisting on doing it during the pandemic and not expanding mail-in voting. Um, uh, Yeah, it's 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 going to be worse. And it's you're right. Third world countries. The image I get. Um, it, you know, I was looking. This is a slight, slightly different topic, but I was looking at pictures of uh, just just hundreds of people at the state unemployment offices camping out, trying to talk to somebody about getting some unemployment relief because of the massive unemployment. And that that's what you're going to get, except with voting. <laughs> um, and it's going to be it's going to be bad, you know. Um, yeah. Texas is one of the few states that hasn't allowed absentee voting because for an issue of COVID. Yeah, yeah, you have to. There's a very strict rule. You have to be like either 65 or. There's a a series of things you have to do. So no matter what, I mean, unless like there's a something, like President Trump does something, which I seriously doubt, we'll all have to go to the polls. Yeah, I'm going to early vote. Um, try to go when there's as few people as possible. Uh, wear a mask. Uh, you know, put, maybe wear a face shield if I if I obtain one. If not, just a mask. Be very careful. Also, probably and, wear gloves. That's what I'm gonna do at least. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I might wear, the problem with gloves for me is I tend to fuck it up by like touching things and touching the gloves and touching my face. So I feel like with ties just my hands i'd be better off just like constantly sanitizing but yeah it, it's amazing that this is what we're talking about. how what uh you know yeah in four yeah. years it's gonna be like oh we're going we got to go to the poll how are we gonna fight off the radioactive um beasts that keep attacking us when we go outside <laughs> Because he somehow. No, dude, in four years, we're not going to have elections, so problems. That's true. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, the glorious leader of the United States. Yes. Make make America great again. Yes. But yeah, I mean, I think that's that's a good point, Daniel. I think it's very important for everybody listening to this. Be conscious about the election. Don't take things for granted. Don't take our democracy for granted. Don't think you're going to walk into um, to your polling place on on election day and you're just going to vote and you're just going to walk out. Uh, some of you will be lucky enough to do that, and um, you know, be grateful for that. Be be uh, be be aware that not not a whole lot of people are going to have that same experience and that opportunity. So uh, prepare. Uh, be 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 uh, be you know be proactive and and look look at early voting. Look at the polling places available early voting. There may be more polling places available during uh, early voting than during your general election, where you may have to actually go to your designated polling place. So, if you can early vote, I highly recommend you do so. I've had great experiences early voting. Um, it's always been very smooth and it's been very quick and I've been able to do it before or after work without any issues or during my day off. Um, and 
just stay active and just just be conscious that even though you're able to vote just fine, doesn't mean that democracy the democracy in this country is is stable and it's accessible. It's it's not, and it's not. It's going to remain this way if if we're not conscious and and active about what's going on. The next protest well should be about this. Once, like, I mean, Black Lives Matter is probably not going to go away soon. I hope. I, I mean, I kind of hope it doesn't because we need attention to this, but also the same thing. We need more attention to the voting um, suppression. Well, I, I mean, agree. yeah, and, and, you know, one one of the reasons Black Lives Matter is so important is obviously it's 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 a movement that's that's touching upon the the racism the um in, inequality that unfortunately a lot of african americans have, have have to have had to face in this country but a lot of that stems from voting rights you know like that's yeah. from the very beginning like obviously not not for them not having a right to vote to to, to for them to for african americans uh, for them to be so for it to be so difficult for for to vote i mean it's 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 always been a, a, a conscious effort to stop american citizens from expressing their constitutional rights and uh, that's think... how we have that that's how we have to look at it and and it's it's unacceptable and it's if if you support that or you you somehow want to throw it under the rug like you should be ashamed it's unconscionable. Like we want this to be a country for all of us, and not for just a a, a small sample that just wants to rule over this nation for for forever. So anyway, in, you know, I'm I'm getting going on around. So I did. <laughs> I just wanted to mention. Can I mention one thing real quick um, before we, I guess, move on to the next topic? But uh, in India, they have. I don't know how well they actually stick to this but they have this idea that their their elections last a long time like several weeks or months and they try to make sure or, or you know they say they try to make sure our, the purpose of our elections is to make get every single person who is eligible to cast a vote like imagine imagine having that as your goal <laughs> like it's insane how that isn't our goal how is that not our goal um it's expressly not our goal it's it's certainly not the republicans goal um but you know i think that should be our goal. um everybody should should vote everybody should participate everyone should have the opportunity so yeah i just wanted to add that because i thought it was it's a nice goal i don't know how well you know i don't know a ton about indian politics i, I mean don't know how well they actually just making it a goal is incredibly um not important but incredibly satisfactory i guess i mean it's 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 interesting that it's coming from india what it's it's you know democracy to india it wasn't it's not sort of uh you know as much as democracy can be native and but it's also very precious to indians um and that's why they feel that way so you know maybe <laughs> americans should feel more more uh preservative i guess more more protective as thomas of their jefferson democracy. said the tree of liberty needs to be bloodied by the. <laughs> what? <laughs> are you? Are we declaring war on this podcast now? We're just gonna start. Yes, with... let's okay. do it. Let's do it. Yeah. 
I mean, it's already happened, but in the opposite way. Well, again, I just feel that we just need to be focused on making sure that every single vote is 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 out there and it's counted for. And I don't think that's that. I don't think it's been such a challenge. Even in even in the past, I I think. Even during the 2000 election, you know, it's where you can argue maybe not every single vote was counted and, and it was ultimately decided in the Supreme Court. But I think even now, it's a greater challenge to make sure that every single vote is counted. And we're soldiers in, in that war. Um, and we're going to have to do our, our small part, whatever it may be, to just make sure everybody's aware what steps they can take to, to make sure they're prepared for what's to come. Because I think November 4th, I believe that's election day, that's... I mean, it's going to be one of the most important days that that we're going to see in our lifetime. And I don't know, guys, I, I, you know, we're talking about America almost not being a democracy. And then how do how do we deal with that going forward if we feel like there was an, a very successful attempt to suppress the vote and change the outcome of a of an election? But we're going to leave it at that because that's that's enough for that topic. And it's really depressing. Yes. But now one depressing topic to another. Uh, you know, Daniel, you you mentioned earlier uh, before we started this podcast, so you brought up something very interesting about American history and perhaps a, a, a lack thereof of, of truly um, making sure that everybody understands American history um, because some of it is not so not so great and not something that we can be proud of. And we always want to be proud of our country, but we always also need to recognize where we fell short. So you brought a couple of topics here that, that you wanted to talk about today that I think I find super interesting. So I'm going to yeah, uh, so, give the floor to you. And... Thanks. Thanks, Gus. Uh, yeah. So um, I was thinking about, you know, discussing this this issue of, of you know, several related issues, but the primary Black Lives Matter issue being uh you know the over policing and the the sort of occupation of minority neighborhoods by police um and uh, sort of sometimes i th i feel like is is hard to to present to some of these issues because people come at them and then uh they come from often a sort of impoverished historical perspective because their history our history classes tend to, to gloss over this stuff or make it much simpler and cleaner than it really was. You know, MLK, nonviolence, racism ended. That's kind of how we learn it. Maybe that's, maybe that's hyperbolic a little bit, but it seems like that. So there were a few issues that I, I, they were just surprised about them. And I was like, how is this not, how are these not historical facts that everybody is familiar with? Because they seem to me to be, you know, big things. Um, and, uh, you know, on the topic of the interaction between law enforcement and civil rights organizations, um, one of those topics was this, the, the way the FBI uh, in many ways uh, infiltrated the civil rights movement. But this one particular just disgusting thing that they did, which was they thought uh, MLK, I mean, you know, they, they thought he was a communist. He was going to bring communism to America. Um, and they were terrified of him. So they actually sent him a letter, an anonymous letter at the time. They didn't find out this was from the FBI until later. 
And it was a rambling letter that talked about MLK. Um, and, and, you know, one thing about MLK here is, is he had marital infidelity. This was something that the FBI got on tape is MLK having an affair. Um, they, they insinuated that they had these tapes and they encouraged him to kill himself. <laughs> so th- this is a, this is an incident which, you know, I mean, I mean, that, that's a pretty shocking thing to have happened. And this is, there's no ambiguity. This isn't a conspiracy theory. You know, the, the documents are there. It's all laid out. They wrote the letter and they encouraged him to kill himself. So it's, it's just amazing that we don't talk about that for some reason. It's, 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 to be honest, quite alarming because um, certainly it it it, um, it reframes. If you come to this issue not realizing the relationship between law enforcement, the historical relationship in this country between law enforcement and communities of color, including um, especially uh, African American civil rights movements, that's you know you don't the, this fact of this letter doesn't make sense to you if you don't th- if you don't realize the relationship. Does that make sense? It's 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 one of those facts that if you don't learn some of this stuff might just not make sense because you're like why don't you know why don't why aren't you know black people why don't they just do what the cops say and and <laughs> why don't they just be nice to the cops and everything will be fine it's like that's not that's not historically I mean you, you just don't understand the relationship between between African American community and and uh, law enforcement and I that. The, incidents are incredibly important and i think that uh you know there's a few there's a few more sort of related incidents which i think that are just uh shocking that that i don't know if you you guys had anything on, on mlk or if you thought that did, did you guys know about that before i brought it up i think you did but maybe i knew I about the letter um okay i knew that they were trying to tell him that he's like a terrible person of color or per, yeah. a black person yeah. I didn't know that they were trying to convince him to to, make, to commit suicide. That I did not know. Yes, I mean you can read the letter. They letter, and you can make your own. You know, they didn't out and out say, you know, we would like you to commit suicide. I, I haven't read, so I'm not sure if it uh, out and out said something like that. But it's pretty clear the insinuation is, uh, you should you should get out. You should stop. You know, stop being the figurehead. You know, we know there's there's bad things. You know, it, you know, even if they weren't encouraging or blackmailing <laughs> the leader of movements, it's 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 the FBI tried to blackmail or either or encourage the leader of the civil rights movement to commit suicide. Just saying that out loud blows my mind. <laughs> and and the idea that people, I don't know, Octa- or Gus, did you did you know before? Yeah, I did know. Um, okay. Yeah, it's and yeah, I mean there. You may be able to draw some ambiguity if they if they were actually encouraging him to to take his own life. But what isn't really ambiguous to me is is the fact that he was being blackmailed, yeah. um, and I I think that, that that does very much highlight why you can't just paint things as as these guys are the cops. Therefore, if you're if you're on the bad side of the law, you must have done something wrong. Which yes. oftentimes is how we want to paint these incidents. Um, when t- when somebody is is somebody of color, especially, is murdered uh, unjustly or extrajudicially, the, the the very first thing I, I see for, from from people wanting to defend defend the cops is like, well, what did they do to 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 uh, 
to earn this or like what did they do to to deserve this kind of punishment it's like like it's always that it's like it's 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 a knee-jerk reaction to to somehow think that if somebody gets killed by a cop somehow they were asking for it yes when i say somebody it's usually somebody of color it's like from what you're telling me it's like when women just dress normally and get raped and people are like oh they just you know they were dressing slutty or yeah, like what? What were yes. they doing to be asking for it? Like that's yes. that's always the and that's always the excuse to to uh, uh, get people in power out of a bad situation. The, the other person must have done something that was asking for it. Yes, and um, and, and this is like this. This is not, you know, the abuse of power by by policemen or the FBI or the, or other uh, law enforcement agencies. They that that did not start. With George Floyd, that's that's been going on basically since the inception of our country, probably before that. You know, in fact, it's well, one of the. Go ahead. Oh well, I was going to say, you know, that in the South, police came out of the slave patrols. Not in the North, because you know there were no slave patrols. But in the South, police didn't exist before the slave patrols existed. The purpose of the slave patrols was mainly to keep African Americans from. Uh, fomenting a rebellion <laughs> so they would they would walk around and then break up groups of black people uh who would hang out and you know it wouldn't let them uh you know they you weren't know, or, assemble they weren't allowed to assemble black you know who who are you what are you doing and and you know this should all sound kind of familiar to you because it still happens to black people quite a bit <laughs> you know when i was watching a video today of this woman who was picking up some dog food in the neighborhood i think i sent the video in the chat i'm not sure if you guys saw it and and this white guy just started following her and he and she was like recording it because she was like freak the fuck out because he literally followed her later and she pulled off to the side of the road uh you know so she wouldn't show him where he where she lived and he pulled up and he was like uh, i didn't like that wasn't making me feel safe and i'm like you psychopath you literally followed her all the way to her house how do you not feel safe right now and it's it's it this this dude was like well you know i'm a i'm you know i gotta see what's going on here i gotta be a, a cop right now i guess <laughs> you know citizens uh, arrest yeah and was, that's 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 another point. Like, it's not always just like actual law enforcement. It's like armchair law enforcement that we're seeing. Yes, right now. it's uh, you know vigilantes that want to like they they want to be the law because they feel like they're entitled to it, even though they not never. Only... Went through... Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, they never went through any training. They never went to any kind of. Uh... <laughs> they like they don't know the law any better than than the person they're accusing of disobeying the law. So it's yeah. it's an entitlement I mean, issue. It's 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 a it's it's a power uh, issue. You know, it's it's people people feel entitled to to uh, being on the other side of the law, on the good side of the law. And one of the main reasons they feel that way is because of their race. And, yeah, and. Uh, there was a there was one anecdote, sort of historical context thing. I wanted to just just you know I didn't want to spend too much time on this topic because it is very sad. But uh, another thing that the, the historical event that's not really taught in school, 1985, 
uh, what's known as the move bombing in Philadelphia. Um, and that is when there were a group of uh, black separatists in a building um, in, in, they owned a townhouse and they were called move. And I'm, you know, I'm not a hundred percent sure what their beliefs were, but they, they, they were basically a separatist movement and they had uh, a families living in this townhouse. Um, at some point they came into conflict with the Philadelphia police um, and they ended up in an armed standoff with this group. They exchanged fire back and and I read some of the descriptions of this stuff and, and there's a very good documentary called Let Fire Burn that I highly advise people to watch. It's, it's very good, but the description of the, of the fire does not make it seem like this was a, a militant group. This was, a, you know, 15, 20 people in a group and they were firing at the police, but as far as I know, none of the police were hit with, you know, I, I read that one of the police had minor wounds on their back. The police unloaded 10,000 rounds into this building <laughs> filled with children. <laughs> and then they dropped a actual bomb on the building from a helicopter. They had a, a bomb with, uh, I believe it was TNT or Simtex, some sort of explosive. They blew the building up. Um, and then the building caught fire because that's what happens when you blow up a building. Um, and again, we're talking about American police bombing a a civilian building in America, in an American. Again, a topic that for some reason we don't teach in school as this crazy event that happened. Um, the chief of police, I believe, uh, did not allow the firemen to put the fires out. And again, this is alleged. They were shooting at the move members fled the building. Um, so the firemen weren't putting the fire out. I believe 165 homes burned. Uh, it put thousands, it made thousands of people homeless. It killed, I think, it, you know, I, I don't have the exact number, but it killed several children and several adult members of this group. Um, and this was, I guess, seen as a worthy endeavor for some reason in, in the minds of these police that they that they thought that this was, I don't know, that this group was doing something so bad that it justified treating them well, treating them like America treats <laughs> third world countries that they bomb and dropping bombs on them. Um, yeah, it's just, it's it's appalling. It's it's one of the things nobody was ever re, nobody was ever criminally charged. Um, there was a report issued by the city that was like, "Hey, probably not the best move to drop a bomb on civilians, guys." But um, you know, nobody nobody was ever charged uh, or held responsible in any meaningful way for what was. I think one of the most alarming incidents uh, of out and out authoritarianism on American soil uh, in modern history um, that we, for some reason, don't learn in school. <laughs> you learn all about Ronald Reagan was all about freedom, but you don't learn about how the Philly Police Department bombed a building. <laughs> um, anyway, sorry. That's 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 those were the little-known historical events that I just wanted to explain to people. Well, you know, it's good to know that the militarization of our police was goes all the way back. Uh, yeah, I mean, the... <laughs> even further than that. Yes, and, I mean, yeah, like I've never heard that story before, but listening mm -hmm. to it, it's, it's it doesn't really surprise me in any way. It's horrific, it's terrible to hear, but it kind of explains a lot of what we're currently seeing right now. Sure, to a lesser extent. I mean, that that's a very extreme example, but just. <laughs> 
The yes, concrete, they're not. They're, we are not currently being drone bombed on our streets. Yes, yet, our, so. our policemen are not drone bombing uh, buildings yes. right now. But yes, yes. it's it's uh, I mean, it's just a a very extreme example of what we're seeing now to a certain extent of just policemen just indulging in escalation and maybe indulging is a is a little bit of a fetishizing it or something like that but it's i think that's the right term for it i mean it's it's the habit of 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 escalating it's the habit of of looking at protesters and coming out looking like they're about to invade iraq you know yes it's it's you can't look at incidents like that and say, oh, this is a one-time thing. Oh, it's just because people are on, on, on edge. Like, they didn't get the funding yesterday. They got the yes. funding to, to be able to deserve that, or to be able to get that equipment, like, years ago. They got yes. the, the, the militarized weapons years ago. And they've yeah. had them for a while, and now they're, like, pretty happy to be able to use them. Again, happy, maybe not, not the right term, but, I mean, they, they, they show no restraint. And 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 coming out in force and 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 coming out in in what I believe they they feel is 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 a way to intimidate the crowd, but really you're just you're just kind of encouraging the crowd to 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 escalate and and to to engage in in a, in a non-positive way, in a negative way, and and this is supposed to be the force that brings about peace and and order. When a lot of the times they've they've been the ones that have basically started the it's, not not the riots, but they've very, definitely been the ones to escalate it. I mean, it yeah, would be exactly. like, oh, we've been hit, we got hit by three water bottles, so we're going to go ahead and tear gas this entire crowd. And yeah, uh, and how is that crowd supposed to react except yeah. in panic and in fear? <laughs> yes, and obviously, yes. you know, they're not going to like sit down and be like, well, how can we engage this in a very d- d- diplomatic way? Yes. No, they're being tear, tear gassed. So, so. Yes, and rubber bullets and all of that horrific nonsense. It's, it's not even... bless America. <laughs> it's not... It's It's... I mean, it's one of those things where if you weren't seeing the videos, and I think this is the problem, we kind of, we're like, oh, well, this is the United States, so we don't, we don't do that kind of stuff. But if you don't dig in and look for the videos and the coverage of these, you know, these sort of dudes, these journalists, and often journalists from big, big corporate companies getting tear gassed and shot with, and you... You know, I saw a, a, I think it was a Le Monde report that 150 journalists in the United States have been arrested in, which is, you know, again, one of the things you hear about in third world countries, but, you know, we're not talking about it in those terms where you put on the news and people are, oh, my target burned down. What is Black Lives Matter doing? Um, I've, and that was an actual news report I just saw, by the way, on. My uh, my in laws were watching uh, local news, and there was a there was a story about a Target burning down because of Black Lives Matter, and that was the extent of the Black Lives Matter. So, um, yeah, that's yeah. I don't know that our ongoing experiment in democracy. <laughs> our ongoing experiment. I don't. So I'm we sure will get it down soon. Yeah. Or you know, move on to the next thing. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Whatever that is. It seems like it's going to be good. Whatever it is. I'm confident we'll figure it out in the long run. Yeah. yeah. With that said, uh, Daniel, thank you. That 
that's a lot of great information that you brought and a lot of really, I, I think, informative topics that some of those I did not know anything about. Um, some of them I know a little bit, but I think you're 100% correct that there's simply, there's a lot about our history that we need to learn about because it's very, it's, it's being um, exposed today still. And, and again, we, we kind of look at these issues as if they just bound, uh, they just sprung out of nowhere where really they, they stem from generations of inequality and generations of atrocities that at some point we're going to have to reckon with. And I'm hoping that that point comes soon. I'm hoping it comes in our generation. It's going to be hard. It's not going to be uh, something we're going to do overnight. But it can only come about if we realize that this has not always been a nation about freedom and justice and equality. It's, it's founded in blood, in racism, and in elitism, and, and real elitism, not, not what you hear from Tucker Carlson, but hopefully if, if, if anything comes about this pandemic and, and, and the protests and the movements generating today, it's, it's that we're trying to get better and we're trying to find a better way forward. And the only way to do so is to confront our ugly past. That's what I'm taking out of it anyways. I agree. I think, I definitely think you just can't have discussions with people. It's just context. It's like, you're missing all the context. If you don't know some of this stuff, you are missing all the context. Yeah, but most people don't want to know. No, but probably. And I mentioned, as I've said before, we can't star spangle our way to fascism. That's, I mean, I guess. Wait, we can't, or that is exactly what we are doing? Yeah, that's no. what we are doing. <laughs> I'm hoping we cannot. It is unacceptable oh. that we do so. Oh, I see. So we're going to leave those serious topics uh, for for a while. And I want to close this podcast on a little bit of a somewhat lighter note. Uh, Sam, I know that you've been watching... Uh, an anime that you want to talk about. And, uh, you know, before we get to that, I just want to stress to our listeners that we are going to be talking about stuff like anime and video games and movies that we watch. I know the a couple of topics that we just covered right now were very serious. They're not very fun sometimes to listen to, but they're important. But that being said, we also do like to discuss some things that are a little bit more fun, a little bit more light. And with that said, Sam, I take it to you. Please tell us about what you've been watching lately. Thank you. I I will take this and do neat stuff with it. So, the anime that I've been watching is called Welcome to NHK. This anime is about um, Tatsuda, Tatsuhiro Sato, who is a 22-year-old drop dropout of college. Um, Sato believes heavily in obscure conspiracy theories. Because of this, he has become a neat, a not in employment, education, or training. He um he basically isolates himself in his apartment every like twenty four seven and twenty four seven. The anime starts off with Sato being thrown in an odd dream, trying so to fight is, something. So this is an anime about all of us. 
isolated in our apartments. Conspiracy theories. <laughs> but it came out in 2006. Wow. Yeah. Um, the cinema starts off with Sato being thrown into an odd dream, trying to fight this giant monster. As soon as he jumps up and starts coming down, he sees this beautiful girl um, with wings, uh, angel wings. And then he, he wakes up in his apartment, complaining about life and the obnox- obnoxiously loud music next door. He just lies down, doesn't do much. However, there is a loud song coming from the next room, which leads him to yell through the wall, as if that was enough to cease the situation. Sato starts punching the walls to get the person to shut off the music as he is laying down. He has a flashback of his high school days and how his senpai told him a bunch of conspiracy theories. These conspiracy theories essentially make him feel isolated in college and he drops out because of it. Uh, one day, there's a knock on his door. An older woman, like a like 60 or something, and a young girl, the girl that was in his dreams, by the way, stands at the front door talking about people who are neat and how they uh, how the numbers of neat people are increasing and how they want to stop it. The young girl is named Misaki. Wait, neat? N-E-E-T. N-E-E-T. Not in education. Oh, wait, not in employment, education, or training. Ah, okay. So um, this is, it's kind of a, it's about. Let me, uh, let me finish it. Okay. And then we can, I don't want to, like, I don't know how much time we can do it, but let me finish it. We can talk a little bit. Would that be okay? Yeah, yes? yeah, definitely. Yeah, okay, cool. Um, so, uh, so basically this girl knows he's a neat, but he tries to prove that he is not a neat. I don't want to put too much detail in this review, but each episode seems to get weirder and weirder. And as it went on, I started to not like it as much. But the last episode I watched took me back in. I am diagnosed with depression, anxiety, social anxiety, and ADHD. So when I get depressed or anxious, I do almost exactly what Sato does, and I play myself. Lucky for Sato, Angel comes to his rescue and starts changing him. Who knows, maybe I'll learn something from this anime. Once again, this anime is quite weird, but I would recommend you put it on the, the watch list, on your watch list. Unique humor that sometimes makes you feel uncomfortable but still makes you laugh is one of the best parts of the anime. It's one of the few anime that I've seen that deals directly with mental health, and so far I'm loving it. Um, probably like an 8 out of 10 if you're asking for a rating. How long Question? is it? Uh, <laughs> I think it's like 24 episodes. Is it? It's two seasons or one season? It is one season. And it's more of kind of a slice of life? Kind of a uh, yes. wack, wacky uh, face is there like, you said, Is there like a well-known anime that you can compare it to? Like, uh, no. Ozzy? Ozzy Manga Die? Is it like Pokemon? Uh, no, this anime... <laughs> is, it, is it like Dragon Ball Z, Sam? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, exactly. Like, he... He goes through intense training by just laying around and becomes just laying around. Yeah. Um, 
There is no anime that I've ever seen that is similar to this. Is I it, have watched probably like about a hundred anime. I mean, I'm sure watched. that there's like tons more, obviously, but so because um, you mentioned, you know, the isolation, which is as as you mentioned, something we're all going through right now. Um, did you did you gravitate towards this anime because of? the current situation and your current, you know, you mentioned your depression and your anxiety. Is that, did that motivate you to keep going with this anime and help you relate to it? Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I was like, I'm going to like the, the, the episode. So the last episode I watched was episode seven and the episode before that was, um, I'm sorry. Episode six, and then the episode before that was very. I don't want to give too much detail away because it's um, it's uh, you guys have to find out for yourself. But it seems to more uh, before it seemed to more concentrate on on this project that he was working on. But now it's more concentrating on him getting better. Oh, okay. And you don't want to go into more detail than that. We we don't need a beat by beat. But I mean, that sounds very interesting. And it does sound of, interesting. Yeah, and I think Are, it's you're still you're still watching it. It's not you haven't yeah, finished it yet. Yeah, I'm trying to save okay. it now. I'll, I would be interesting. I would be interested in an update if you still are enjoying it and if it's direct. Yeah, I can do that. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you so much for sharing that, Sam. It sounds like a very interesting piece of media. It is. All right. Well, with that being said, Daniel, I don't imagine you you there's anything that you've been watching or reading that you want to touch upon right now. Um, I mean, I've been reading a lot, but no, nothing in particular. I've been rewatching Breaking Bad, and it is still uh the best show, one of the best shows of all time, in my opinion. Um, yeah. It's just sort of an easy thing to watch in the back. You know, I've yeah. seen it several times, but it is well, still remains excellent. I would highly recommend it. We'll save that for our Breaking Bad spoiler cast. It'll yes. Ten episodes long. Yes. <laughs> I but have never seen Breaking Bad. You should I, watch Breaking Bad. I, I don't know if it would be, would it be up his alley? It's dark. Yeah, a couple it's teams. very dark. It's worth watching. It's worth giving a try, and then you can decide yeah. if you're alley or not. But it's it's a good. So it's like ten minutes, and then I can decide if I want to continue watching it. Yeah, a lot of people actually do not like the, find the first season difficult to watch, and then like it more after. But I liked it right off the bat, so I have better taste than everyone else. True. That's <laughs> we do know this of you, Daniel. Yes. Yeah, I do have better taste than anybody else. Watch Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad. Highly recommended. <laughs> For fans of the genre. Yes. Yes, of course. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. No, Nobody's ever heard of that show. Yeah. Little known okay. show. Well, folks... We're going to end this podcast for today. Again, this was our first episode. This is not going to be the only thing we talk about. There's going to be a lot that we're going to discuss in the future. Uh, again, I know that we talked about some very serious subjects today. 
We're going to continue to do so in the future, and we're going to talk about some fun stuff as well. But I want to thank you for really taking the time to listen to us today. I hope you were uh, entertained. I hope you'll continue to listen to our content. And I want to wish you all a great rest of your 4th of July weekend. Daniel, Sam, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks thank so much. Thank you for having thank us. Thank you all.